What up? What up, <laughs> couch daters? Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Oh, thank you. Wait, were you saying that to me or to the people? I was saying it to the people, but you were saying it to me. Oh, no, I was saying it to the people too. I know, but... But you said thank you? <laughs> <laughs> I was so confused. Happy Valentine's Day, babe. Happy Valentine's Day. How many Valentine's Day is this for us? Mm. Oh. Well, 2008 was our first one. 2008? Mm-hmm. 15 years, dude. And I remember it very well. Our first Valentine's. Do you remember it? I have zero memory of it. <laughs> Refreshing. Well, I was at Life Pacific hmm. um, College. Yeah. I just kept going because I was like, people don't know what I'm saying necessarily. Mm -hmm. um, Life Pacific College. And um, um, I, at that, on Valentine's Day, we weren't apart. I mean, you weren't, you weren't with me. You were at home. Mm -hmm. And um, you sent me in the mail a box. And I got a box on Valentine's Day. What was in the box? Well, it had like a nice letter. Hmm. And it had a cell phone. Oh my God. We it, were just dating. We had been dating a month. <laughs> or less than that. <laughs> and you sent me a little blue flip phone. So I already had a pink razor phone. Interesting. On my own family's plan. Mm-hmm. The $5 family plan, you yeah. know? And I was with T-Mobile with my pink razor. Now, you sent me a little blue flip phone, and the note said, I've added you to my family plan. What the fridge? So you can have this phone and we can text and call whenever we want. <laughs> Unlimited. Because back then there's like the limits on texts and stuff if you're not on the in the same like network or whatever. Wow. And so like you were a Verizon. And so now I had a Verizon phone and I was on your family plan. So it was unlimited to each other. Wow. I came on real strong. <laughs> and I accepted. And you accepted. I accepted. I was stoked. You were stoked to be added to the family plan. Oh, yeah. So. Not hesitant at all. Dude, that's hot and heavy. <laughs> yeah. Most people would be so gun shy by that. It would I was like, 18. Fresh out and the womb, essentially. You put me on your family plan. Wow. You just claimed me. Dang. As family. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so crazy. But I liked it, you know. I was glad we could be um, texting unlimited and stuff like that. Dang. Mm-hmm. So I just want to make it clear that I, I'm not way older than you. So it's like, <laughs> No, you're like it's not two super, and a half years older. Yeah, it wasn't that not, weird. It's not super creepy. Like, I was like, you were 18. You were I was 18. But. And you were like 20. Not even 21 yet. Or were you 21? 
I don't know. No, I was 21 then. You were 21 now. Mm-hmm. Oh, because you're, you're basically three years older than me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's not too bad. <clears throat> Could be worse. <laughs> so 15 years. Yeah. Wow. It's kind of wild. I've been on your family plan ever since. Wow. You could probably look. <laughs> That's true. Your mom could probably look back at the data. <laughs> oh my goodness. I've been on the family plan since that day. <laughs> I'm just imagining the audacity of 21 year old Joey. Oh yeah. Asking your mom that. Just going up to Mama Sauce and being, hey mom. <laughs> your mom was probably not even like, she probably didn't even. There's this girl blink about that like, <laughs> I'm pretty serious about. Can we add her on the family plan? She knew me at that point, too. Yeah, that's true. She did know you. Barely. That is so funny. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So that was our first Valentine's. Wow. Uh, On Valentine's right now, we're celebrating with some cookies. Yes. Fresh and warm cookies. And we dressed up real nice for y'all. So nice. (laughs) We're in our... When our fancy Valentine's clothes. Because <laughs> you said last time we were maybe going to dress up. That's so true. So. I totally forgot about that. I didn't, but I was not going to bring it up because I didn't want to get Because you didn't want to? No. Classic. But if I was going to be dressed, I would be wearing a, a green emerald green velvet jumpsuit do you have that already no that's what i want okay that's what my fancy that's nice i like that my fancy outfit would be that's good you'd look good in that (laughs) thanks i can see it right now (laughs) look really good i've always wanted one i just love that color and I've always wanted like a velvety, soft. Velvet green? Mm-hmm. It's fire. Yeah. That's a, I like that. So imagining is good enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, it's so funny. Yeah. Well, if you're listening, uh, thanks to all of you who've been listening on a regular basis. Yeah. Uh, our first week, our first episode had four, and then it's essentially quadrupled that on a consistent basis ever since, so that's pretty mm. rad. Um, go ahead and hit that like button, subscribe, all this stuff, tell your friends. Write your mother. Yeah, don't forget to write your lover. Oh, no, I said your mother. Oh, your mother? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going along with the Valentine's theme, You're like, write mm. your lover. Mm. Write to your mother. Send her a letter. Oh, my goodness. Send an owl. Harry Potter style. To the ones you love. Dang. <laughs> that would be so cool. Having an owl we could show send up owls. and drop you a note. That would be really cool. It would be epic. Imagine if you were the kid, though, if you never got owls. That would dropping never, notes. That would be me. <laughs> The homeschooler who never got an owl. (laughs) Yeah. So the cutest thing happened today. I was going to tell you. It was like sad, but adorable. 
there was a homeless man on the side of the road holding a sign. And I was with Nico. And Nico's five. So he's just starting to like process and notice things. And he goes, Mom, why is that? What does that sign say? What is that? What does that man's sign say? And I said, I I basically said something like, it says he needs help. And Nico goes, oh, I thought it was a happy Valentine's Day card. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) And I was like, that is the sweetest thing. He looked out and he saw a sign and he thought it was a happy Valentine's because it's Valentine's Day. Oh, my goodness. And I was like, that is such a sweet innocent heart that he looked out and he was like oh i thought it was a valentine's day card i was like oh my gosh wow so cute and sad and sweet wow that is really cute yeah that is really cute well we're gonna talk about all things love in this podcast we are um love relationships dating no one sent in any cues but we've got some cues ourselves you're not supposed to say that Um, you're supposed to pretend oh i'm not gonna try to (laughs) pretend to be something that we're we're not yet this is our fourth podcast i'm just fourth episode (laughs) fourth podcast we had a you know a influx of messages um questions just tons of questions coming in (laughs) <laughs> we had to narrow it down to just a few. So sorry if your question was not answered today, but we could answer it next time, maybe. Yeah, maybe we'll start. Sorry a to everyone end. who we couldn't get to today. I'm so sorry. Yeah, that's so good. That's what you're supposed to say. That's so true. <laughs> so true. Hmm. Hmm. I'm thinking specifically about how difficult it was for me to like accept bachelor and bachelorette as being something that wasn't like anti love of god whoa 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 you just jumped in to a topic are you talking about the actual show the bachelor yeah 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 okay okay so back up you're saying you've had a hard time in the past with that show in general yes just the fact that it exists watching it whatever yeah because you feel that it's it's in general kind of whatever the word you would use sacrilegious I mean, I don't know if I would use that. It's just wrong. I don't know if I would have used that then, but it would have been strong language. Sure. Yeah. Immoral behavior. Excuse me. Yeah. Okay. So that's how you've felt and have tendency to feel. So like, what do you, what do you mean? Like, what are you wrestling with that now? Like, how do you feel now? Well, I don't wrestle with it now. Mm -hmm. I used to. Okay. Because in that time... I was in this place of like classic Christianity where you're holier than thou and you're calling out things that are like immoral or anti-God and you're exposing that mm-hmm. and using that as sort of an apologetic to, con- you know, to 
you know, explain about how God is actually better than that or whatever. You know those mm-hmm. those Christians. Mm-hmm. I was totally like that because that was the example that I was raised in at that point right. in the church, and especially at that time in my faith, that was predominantly the church. You know, the examples of other churched people that mm-hmm. I had, mm-hmm. and so for some reason that show really irritated me when you would watch it Mm -hmm. like i would give you such a hard time and i'm so sorry about that (laughs) yeah i would give you such a hard time and i think it's because there was something actually i'm a total fan now Mm -hmm. like i watch it with you for the most part i still have my issues with the bachelorette no, 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 the Bachelor seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there's a guy and a bunch of girls mm-hmm. are on. And the reason why I have an issue with that is just I don't get the drama mm-hmm. personally. Like, not to like demean females, but I just don't get that type of drama. Mm-hmm. And I also just get irritated by that type of drama. So that may be entertaining to most, which obviously it is. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of entertainment value to that. But me personally, it's just irritating. So, you know, put that aside. I'm a big fan now. Hmm. And I think one of the things that, like, in in tandem with feeling like I need to hold that show accountable, mm-hmm. you know, back then in the past, mm-hmm. in tandem with that, I'm, I'm like, I would have considered myself a hope or hopeless romantic. So I'm like... This is sad watching mm-hmm. this show and seeing people's heart broken and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Like that would, it's just the absolute worst. And I've been there in my mm-hmm. in the past and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah, it was probably. I mean, some of those scenes, some of those um, older seasons that we used to watch, it was a bit different and more. Um. There was still always drama, but it just had more of a real feel to it back 10 years ago. Um, It's always been produced. It's always been fake to a degree, but like the heartbreak sometimes seemed like even it was even more heartbreak than it back then than it has been lately. I feel like. Hmm think people are more removed from what's happening like they they know what they're getting into more so they kind of have like a a guard or like they know that you know but back then i felt like people were thrown in and they just were like some of them were like heartbroken so like so intensely yeah it was probably pretty triggering triggering for you in a way because you see that and like relate to that so mm-hmm. much yeah so that makes sense to me that that would feel like something you don't really want to see mm-hmm. um <clears throat> but yeah what do you think what do you think the? how do you think jesus people should view shows like the Bachelor, The Bachelorette. Hmm. 
I don't know. I guess it just depends on what you have convictions about, what you feel um, is right for you. Because I get it if some people it's not like they just don't feel good about watching it. That's fine. It's we've seen lots of there's been not very many seasons of it where it's like successful you know but there are they have been there have been seasons where it's successful um and and that's that's pretty cool to see um but what's annoying to me is when christians are on the show and they don't understand what they're a part of or what they signed up for Hmm. you know and they're they're like they're like well i'm a virgin and i'm saving myself and it's like but you didn't tell them that until like the night before the fantasy suite or whatever and then you expect them to understand and like whatever like you you expect something of that and that's when it's like really annoying What's a fantasy suite for people who don't know? Well, you know, the fantasy suite. It's uh it's self-explanatory. <laughs> <laughs> the uh the the king's chambers. Wow. Or the queen. Or the queen, yeah, depending if it's a bachelor or bachelorette. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's like, yeah, it reminds me of Esther, right? When she was trying out to be queen. Oh my gosh. She had to... That's like an Old Testament bachelorette right there. I mean, right. bachelor season. It literally was. That's crazy. Because she had to like get all... It said she was like prepped for like months ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Um, getting all the treatments, bodily, whatever they did at that time. Whatever, you know, beauty treatments they did at that time. And then she went in and basically everyone like had their turn with the king and then he chose his favorite. And I mean this is just I mean it's kind of like not a one to one example, but I'm just saying it's like she wasn't going to be up in there and be like, "Yeah, no, I'm not going to do that." <laughs> like she wouldn't have been chosen. <laughs> like it's just you just had to do what you got to do. And I'm not saying, like, people in The Bachelor don't have to do that. But it's just funny when they're like, you know what you're getting into, right? Like, this is the part of it. You don't have to do that. But it's just, it can be annoying when people act like they're, I don't know. Like, they don't know what show they're on. I totally get that. I totally get that. I think there's a way to live as a person with convictions and phrase it better than just yeah. being oblivious being like oh i didn't know this is what we we're actually going to do yeah. i didn't know that's what people did in the fantasy suite <laughs> yeah well and people have done it well there's been people who've done it well where they're like that's just not for me and you know i'm not going to be participating in that but they do it well and they don't put like they don't shame like the lead for their choices. Yeah. They have their own choices, but they don't shame the lead for their choices. Right. So it's cool when when that happens. 
but yeah i don't know i don't know it's just something that i think some people feel strongly about like you used to and they don't want to watch and that's fine i don't know i think that's the difference right like that's something that you've taught me, but then also in time, just following Jesus. But also, and, and then in addition to that, like starting a community of faith in Seattle, you're just challenged in all of your core v- values, mm-hmm. your core beliefs, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is really good. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, mm-hmm. I actually think everybody needs to go through something like that. So, um. You know, so that what they believe is like stronger. It's mm-hmm. almost like, you know, you put you put diamonds in fire, and they become stronger. Yeah. In a way, in that refining process, and I think that's super, super good, super yeah. necessary. But one thing I've learned is um, there are certain convictions that I'm gonna have as an individual. Mm-hmm. That is, that may be something that the Spirit of God is calling me to follow Mm -hmm. as a person of faith. Mm -hmm. And those things may be like, get circumcised or don't get circumcised to you like biblical language. Um, Or... Well, that's extreme. Yeah, very extreme. (laughs) You never know what happens in those fantasy suites. Oh my God. (laughs) <laughs> like there I'm just thinking about all of the examples of Paul mm-hmm. um or the New Testament. And I think there's a reality where it's like these are secondary issues that we could let allow people to run with their convictions. Mm-hmm. Like for me, uh I was massive I mean I still am. I am a massive UFC fan. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a fanatic. Mm-hmm. Um, listen to podcasts every week, watch all of the shows, all of the fights, etc. When I first started watching it, you felt the same about it in the same way that I felt about mm-hmm. The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. Mm-hmm. Like you couldn't stomach the fights. You thought it was immoral. Mm-hmm. You thought it was etc. etc. Those were your convictions. And... In the same way that I have come to like put the bachelor in its proper place in light of faith as like a non-essential issue, mm-hmm. you've done the same thing with UFC, yeah, and um, you've become a fan in some ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think when we don't understand things, it like that's always where the a lot of the root of it comes from is like not understanding what's happening not understanding the so good the art form of whatever it is and there's so many times when i would have something on tv and joey would come through and be like in kind of a joking way or like whatever teasing way sometimes but being like what are you watching this trash for like this is trash <laughs> And so then I would then like get back at him by whenever he would watch UFC, I would walk through and I'd be like, why are you watching this trash? Because (laughs) like to me, it's trash. What you're watching is trash. And then it's like you taught me the rules of it and you taught me like some of the, you know, like main players and like their hearts for whatever, like 
their their craft you know like the art in it all and then it's like oh i see it i see the art now so mm-hmm. i'm like i look at it now and maybe sometimes i don't want to watch it but sometimes i do but it's just like oh i see the art in it and it doesn't look like trash anymore to me right and i think even in shows like reality television like there can be art and it's weird but there can be and it's really cool to see and like that's what i like some of the shows i like i do like because of the art even if some people would say it's like really dumb art Mm. (laughs) it's still kind of an art (laughs) yeah you like watch some trashy shows dude (laughs) you like some weird trashy shows i can't think of any other ones oh like i mean the love is blind and like all of those you like the kardashians well i do appreciate i didn't i don't watch um the kardashian shows like i don't watch them very often right we don't have very much time for a whole lot of no i mean it's just like sometimes i'll watch that but when I do, I do like watching it because I'm like re- like learning about these people who are our modern like royalty in the U.S. Mm. And you're seeing the way that they move through life and just learning about them. And that is interesting to me. But mm. it's not necessarily something I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm obsessed with them. It's just more like, this is very interesting to see what is going on mm-hmm. in behind the scenes and why they do what they do mm-hmm. a bit. Mm-hmm. So that kind of is where that comes from. But yeah, then some of the shows, the love shows, I do love falling in love. 100%. Themes. Yeah. You know, those are fun. Yeah. Even if they're fake to a degree, it's just like, it's like a movie, a movie's fake, you know, but mm-hmm. the theme is still the same. Mm-hmm. Which is something that I'm a fan of. Why do you... Obviously, I don't think you... You may not know the answer to this, but... What is it about falling in love that you love? I don't know. Yeah, I think it's just something that is is always going to be exciting and attractive. I think that... It reminds me of things. So, like, it'll remind me of my love for you when I watch love happen in other people's lives. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, I love Joey, too. (laughs) (laughs) It makes me feel alive in a way to, like, see that because it, like, reawakens that. Hmm. And that's a good thing for me maybe it's not a good thing for some people but for me i feel like in the context i have it makes sense and i like it Hmm. but that's part of the motivation i think is that it it feels like something i relate to so yeah i think that's why it's hard to pinpoint why yeah is that how it feels for you a little bit too because I know you do like watching it sometimes. Yeah. Especially when somebody seems really genuine. Yeah. Like, those are my favorite when, like, people are absolutely... 
at least they come across genuine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's my favorite to see people like that fall in love mm-hmm. and find love. That is, that makes me super happy. Mm-hmm. Like in high school, I used to hook up people, or like in mm-hmm. college, I you were around during that. Like I would just like matchmaker matchmaker i love that um i love seeing people fall in love it makes me happy because i believe in love i believe in the power of love Mm. so much i believe in it so much Mm. um love changed my life I swear I'm going to share my testimony. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) My story of love. Yeah. But ever since I was a little kid, ever since I was a little kid, I remember being a hopeless romantic. Mm. Like I always loved watching like rom-coms as a little kid with my older siblings. Mm Mm-hmm. I love the scenes in like Family Matters and dude, Boy Meets World is an entire like show about Corey and Depenga falling in love yeah. and Sean in and out of love with his girlfriends and how frustrating that is. But like, mm-hmm. I love that so much. Or like Saved by the Bells, all Fresh Fresh Prince, like all of those shows in the nineties. Mm-hmm. We're about love, mm-hmm. about falling in love, and I l- love that so much. Mm. I remember as a little kid trying to, you know, discovering my game in elementary. <laughs> 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 like obviously, I was a little elementary kid who thought I had game, but homie did. Um, I remember mm. one time. There was this tree. It's just like there's this tree at the lower field of our elementary playground, and this playground was huge. It was three levels, and there were like four basketball courts on the upper level with some other like you know handball games, and then on the middle level it was like huge playground, massive playground, mm-hmm. and then the lower on the lower field. There were, there was a baseball field and then two soccer fields. So it was huge. It was mm-hmm. a huge, huge playground for an elementary, elementary school. And the lower playground on the hill, there were like pretty steep hills. And on one of the hills, there was this tree that it grew out horizontal before it went vertical. Mm-hmm. And there was enough room for like, you know, four or five kids to sort of ride mm-hmm. the first part of the tree before it went vertical. Mm-hmm. We called that the spaceship. Mm-hmm. And as a little player in elementary, I would always invite my like girlfriends, the girls I was I had crushes on, to meet me at the spaceship. <laughs> And we would just imagine that we would go on the spaceship into outer <laughs> space, and I got some kisses on that spaceship tree. Oh my gosh! Little, little mm. nasty elementary. Oh my gosh! I know, but I always loved love. 
I believe in the power of love. That reminds me of... I went to see Can Can Cabaret a few weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Um, in Seattle, there's a cabaret show, um, and it's themed right now of um, love something. I can't remember what it's called, but it's like King, King I don't know, Kingdom of Love, or I don't know what it's called. Something about love. And um, I went for a friend's birthday, and we were like, it's a very small space, so we were like up front and center for the cabaret show. And I've been once before, but it was a different, it was kind of a different vibe, because it was Nightmare Before Christmas show, and it was like a big, big room, Mm -hmm. so it was just a different vibe. This one was like love-themed and really small and intimate, and... um, yeah, it was so cool. First of all, cabaret is like another subject that like it's maybe not for everyone, mm. I guess. Because it's like people dancing in lingerie. But for me, it was so like... Well, during like a couple of the dances, I like teared up. <laughs> like I was like this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen because they're so they're so beautiful they're dancing it was like mm. it was like these people are like wow she's so strong and she can like lift her body like up into the ceiling on the like pole thing and like she's like a gymnast you know wow and it was just like the strength and the and, and the beauty of the dances I was like this is so beautiful it, like made me tear up wow and um it's it's just it was the most it was the coolest experience i've ever had because i've like ever had is a big statement but it was one of the coolest experiences i've ever had because it was just like context wise i've been told my whole life that something like that is wrong like and that you shouldn't maybe see something like that but then I go and I sit there and I watch it and I'm like, this is beautiful. And the art was amazing. And the story was amazing, you know, and it was funny. It was comedy, but it was also like their, their main point was like, we like, it was, it was just funny that they, they, they said a statement at the end that like the only law of this land is the law of love. Wow. Like, and this is, and this is the, what we will follow is love, you know? And so it was like this whole theme was love was the power, like the power over Mm. them all. And although like the context wasn't spiritual or like about God, but it's just like, it it still is like, even when it isn't Mm. like, even when they're not talking about God love they're just talking about love it's still whether they want it to be or not god love you know like it still is spiritual so it was just like it just was spiritual like you just can't you can't say like well i don't want it to be so it's not like it just was right and so it was just beautiful and these people saying like like singing songs they sang they did covers of like um 
popular songs and one of them was like imagine all the people what's that song na, 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 na. that's a the beatles that's the beatles yeah i can't remember the main words though the main uh-huh. chorus people listen to this be like who are these people <laughs> you're just saying something i'm trying to hear it it's a different song you're singing right now. no it isn't it's part of it anyway the point was like imagine if the world was the way that they and they changed a few of the words too to make it like themed but <clears throat> The, the basic idea was imagine if everyone was loving to each other wow. and treated each other with love. Yeah. And so it was just like really powerful. Mm. It was really beautiful. It made me want to take everyone I know to see it. I was like, <laughs> I want to take my mom to see this. I want to take everyone to see this. Wow. <laughs> you know, like there was a part where you're like, you know, it's like these this guy walks out and he's got basically no pants on but it, it just didn't matter like none of that matters it was funny and then it was beautiful and it was you know it was just it was art mm. and we you know christians don't sadly so much of the time have left out the appreciation for art I yeah. think I think that's kind of the a part of the theme of Bachelor and what I just talked about and all that is just like that art that people miss and UFC that art that people miss because they're just judging it without understanding. Mm. Hmm. That makes me think about um, how some Christians have had a hard time justifying that type of thing as love. Hmm. What would you say are some of those things? Um, You know, even unbiasedly what would you say is some of those reasons why you know classic conservative christianity would think of something like that as heresy or false love well when i when i was a young teenager we were taught that um the phrase love is love kind of came out when I was around like 12 or 13 or 14 can't remember somewhere in there and they would you know the phrase love is love was like pop getting popular and the Christians had their like callback their their comeback which was like I can't even remember because I probably blocked it out. But it's basically <laughs> something like, well, love. Basically, love isn't love unless it's unless it's God's love. And like love 
that isn't basically it's like that isn't real love so you may think that you love that you're experiencing love or that that person loves you or that you know you can love that person back or that you can love others with a love that doesn't have that spiritual godly center then the christian rebuttal was that it's not real love Hmm. so in that there's the there's an assumption that anyone who isn't christian cannot love like they they aren't capable of it because it has to be it has to be that like it has to be god love wow and so if they love their own kid like if they love their spouse but they're not christian they that's not real love they don't know real love and i i believe that wow at 12 because that's like what we were sort of taught was that it they just didn't know real love and that's pretty wild. That's pretty wild. What would you say to a person who believes that now? And how would you... What's an argument that you would try to persuade a person like that? That <clears throat> a parent who is not a Jesus follower who loves their kid is is actually still the love of God. Well, I think that for one thing it's If there's so many places to start. <laughs> I think one thing right off the bat, just to hop in while you're organizing your thoughts here. <laughs> no, I'm like... Uh, one thing that I think of is... Is God's love is so scandalous. And it is so... It is so other... It is so other than our world. Like, just like God cannot and will not be boxed, it's same with his love. Like, his love cannot and will not be boxed. Like, you can't, you can't define it according to your own preference. And I feel like that's where a lot of Christians... Mm-hmm go wrong I think on all sides of the spectrum when you're tr- those who are trying to find love is no one can really truly articulate the complexities of God's love you can't nail it down but one thing that God's love cannot be is limited yeah like, would you agree with that? Yeah. Like, God's love can't be limited. One of the, my favorite, especially one of my favorite books in the, in the entire Holy Scripture, 
especially to preach on, is the book of Hosea. Mm-hmm. Anytime I have a discussion with someone who holds a more radically conservative view and wants to limit the love of God, I always bring up Hosea. Mm -hmm. There's no way that you can limit God and honestly read the book of Hosea. Mm -hmm. It's just not possible. And imagine even in that context, like imagine being a ancient follower of God, of Yahweh, Mm -hmm. and in that culture that was hyper holy hyper religious Mm. um not the right fearing of god like reverence but the wrong fearing of god like i don't want to even go up the mount i don't even want to like worship god because i'm fearing for my life you're living in that type of context in relationship with god and then the story of hosea is told to you Mm-hmm. you would probably want to stone that person telling that story to death. Mm-hmm. Like there's, it's that, it's that level of degree of heresy. Mm-hmm. So I would just say in light of that conversation, the first thing that you just, you, you can't do is limit God's love. You can't limit God's love for people. And then in light of that, um, limiting God's love between humanity is wrong. Mm -hmm. Like when, think about this. When, When is it ever right or godly to tell somebody not to love somebody the other way because it's not God's love? Mm-hmm. right yeah like the whole point of following after jesus and practicing it well is loving god and loving others as we grow to love ourselves mm-hmm. in a way that reflects the way that we love ourselves and then some people say well you know that's actually not love mm-hmm. who's to say yeah Who's to say? I think for me too, it was like a big deal to to come to to have the context, I guess, of my own relationship with you and my own relationship with whoever, like my kids, whoever. Um, but at the time I learned this, I was young, so I'm like, I don't have context really. Um, I just am like, okay, that makes sense because if you don't have, um, if you're not a Christian, if you don't have like essentially a, um, a renewed sense of life or renewed self, then you're loving with only your flesh. Mm. Right. And so you can't love properly. So that made sense to me at that age, you know, of like, well, only the Christians can do it best. 
And anyone who's not Christian is not going to do it very well. Only the Christians can do it best. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I was taught. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, only the Christians can do it best? Yes, because they're the only ones who are, um, what's the word? Recipients of God's love. Well, not not recipients, but just that because you um, died, you know, like it's like you have that resurrected. um, God, what's the word? Um salvation moment right what happens is we have we're sanctified we're yeah yeah like the sanctification i guess of it i can't i'm not quite sure what i'm trying to grasp that but i think it's basically like that sanctification moment or like process um but either way where you're filled with the holy spirit and that kind of thing it's like they don't have that so they cannot love the way that a christian can love that's what i was taught it's like only the Christians can do it the best. Only the Christians know how to love right and love the best. Anyone else is only loving at a limited amount because that's what they're capable of. They're not capable of anything else. Wow. So it was taught to view people as like almost animals unless they're Christian. My goodness. And I'm saying that graphically because that's not what people said to me, but that's kind of what it was communicated is like they are not at the same level like they're not capable they're they're only going by instinct they're only going by nature they're only going as if an animal would right and so that's why people would always ask the question like well if you're not a christian then why don't you just go murder people have you ever heard people say that? No. So stupid. <laughs> okay, I've heard people say that. <laughs> what? Again, people, I didn't come in the church. So no, I, I know. I'm just I'm just saying like the context stuff, is different. Dude. But it's like if you're not a Christian, what's stopping you from committing adultery? What's stopping you from killing someone you you don't like? What's stopping you from Okay. stealing so, anything you ever want? I get it. So essentially the church at that time or people who still hold that view believe that People don't have any moral conscience yes. because they don't have the spirit of God to sort of like yeah. illuminate that within them. Right. And so if you don't have that, you have no other like. You don't have no ability to love. Yeah. You're only going based on nature and instinct and flesh. You're living your life that way. I believe that because I didn't have context of people who weren't Christians. I only was ever around Christians. So I kind of thought that was true. I kind of thought people who weren't Christians did live that way. And because if I had lived my life growing up with non-Christian people, I probably would have been like, that doesn't, that's not how my friends are. You know what I mean? Like, that's not how people are. But I didn't have that context as much. So I kind of just believed it. And I was like, that's probably true. And so it wasn't until I had more life experience and more, you know, I began to understand things different. And then, like I said, I have our context of being married to you. I also see other people who have relationships that are not Christian, that are living their lives in a way that could be looked up to in a lot of ways. It's like, oh, wow, they're really great at loving each other well. You know, that type of thing. So it's like that that type of thing over and over kind of blew up my worldview. But also knowing how much 
like when we were married, I'm like, this is not a heavenly experience like I was told it was supposed to be. Oh my goodness. It, I actually am living by flesh almost all the time. <laughs> like I'm not any different. Wow. Like like our marriage is not like this. It's holy and it's and it's and it's amazing and it's in its in its ways, right? In its in an essence of it it is. But in another essence of it we live by our nature all the time or we're like not any different than anyone else Mm. to a degree. You know, it's like that experience kind of taught me a lot of like, Oh, I'm just, I'm just a human. Wow. You know, like we're all just human. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm still kind of unpacking all that. I just think that this, concept of love it comes back to that is like i thought christians were only capable of this love like it was like it was like we could be the only ones to truly hold it wow um supernaturally you know it's like it's supernatural love like only only christians can really be the ones to like deal it out wow but what i've grown to learn and and accept is that God's love is very much like his grace where it just poured out everywhere. And people do, people do experience and partake whether they even know it or not all the time. Right. And, um, it's not, it's not a, like a elite, elite thing. It's not like a uh, club thing. Can't think of the right way to say well, that. Love is not partial. Yeah, but even just the ability to con- to to participate in it or to like, yeah, the, the ability to participate in it is not partial as well. Right. Um, that's something I had to learn. Right. It's so interesting because there is an art of love. Yeah, I think it takes being like aware of it. Yes. To learn to do it even better. Exactly. Or to like love even, you know, even more frequently. Right. Than, you know, just. I just think about all the different ways of how like teachers have extended such great care to students. Yeah. And that's an act of love. Yeah. Um, like they get paid. That's their job. But the way, the ability that they ha- the ability to actually care for students regularly year after year for young people, that's an act of love. Mm-hmm. Um, that's an art form mm-hmm. that I bet some teachers... They have some years that are harder than others, easier than others, but they put that thing into practice and it becomes an art. Uh, I think of like music. The number one topic that people have written songs about is love. Mm -hmm. And why? Because there's something intrinsic that moves us 
moves us as humans about this topic of love. Mm-hmm. Whether someone wants to like be single their entire life, they still long for love to some degree. Mm-hmm. One of the, you know, like there's so many different other things, you know, there's like, there's subjects on movies and plays and musicals all about love. Like it's this thing, this love has been on, has been recycled over the centuries because it's so powerful, palpable, um, and it's an art form. And in a lot of ways, I think it's so genius of God that his love is being um, expressed in more diverse ways than ever Mm. through mediums like The Bachelor, Mm -hmm. through other mediums like... um, other things, just other things. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Yeah. But I think it's the genius and the grace of God mm-hmm. that he wants to literally arrest humanity with his love on display. Yeah. And he is fine with it. He's actually more than fine. He graces humanity to put love on display in yeah. so many different ways and art forms. Yeah. What do you think is interesting about the movement in what years were that? I don't know. Early two thousands when love is love was like a big, a big thing, and the Christians were were coming against that and and combating that. Um, their first attempt was to prove that it wasn't love. Hmm. So that that's what I'm referring to. That's what I was kind of growing up in was the attempt. The Christians were making was okay here's this thing coming at us love is love and our first attempt is let's prove it's not love let's prove that the love part is the lie wow. that they don't actually love each other wow because it's not in their mind it wasn't possible it literally wasn't they truly believe this it's just funny to me because I'm remembering it so clearly was like they truly believed it's not possible for a man to love a man it's not possible it's not a real love it's not a real thing it's not possible for a woman to love a woman and and then when that failed because there was way too much proof that they truly could love each other Mm. they had to give up that and switch to, well, it doesn't matter if you love them because God cares more about your holiness than your, um, like, you getting what you want in life. Mm. So, like, it's something you need to sacrifice. So they shifted the, the, the speech from, that's not real love, to, well, it may be real love, but actually God wants you to sacrifice it. Just like, um, you know, Paul had a thorn in his side or whatever, you know, a thorn, thorn in his flesh. And he still had to, like, live his life, you know, like, you, you, you have to be a celibate Christian and suffer 
And that was kind of the switch. But before that, it was them trying to prove that it wasn't love at all, which just failed. Because as we see and know, it's like people can deeply love each other. Mm. You can't really prove, you can't deny it. So that's just very interesting to me how the whole, like they had to switch gears and find a new reason Mm. why it wasn't going to work. But that is kind of a interesting, um, I was thinking about, well, I was thinking about a few things. Were you, were you thinking about anything specific? No, go ahead. I was thinking about that, um, romantic versus friendship love. Hmm. And how the church tends to elevate romantic love as being like the most important and the highest. Um, And so often we um, neglect friendship love. Hmm. But... Are you talking about between like two committed people or between or you just in general in general the, the romantic love is seen as like the top here like the most important type and then the friendship love is more like secondary to that wh- whether it's among other people or or whatever but the thing about it is that if i think about it right now about our love I would say that we have 75% friendship love. Like our marriage is 75% friendship, 25% romantic love. But that that you don't need that much of a percentage of romantic love to like make it be romantic. Does that make sense? Friendship is like the bulk because that's what like your day to day. That's like your every moment hmm. where you're just like hanging out, doing things together, talking about a subject together. That's friendship. Like if you're sitting around talking about something and discussing something, that's friendship. If you're going out and you're playing and you're doing like an activity, that's friendship. Romantic love, it's harder for me to even categorize what that is exactly. Besides like okay, you have like sex. But I'm not talking about sex. I'm talking about just like romance. Yeah. I think about the uh, different types of biblical love. Mm-hmm. Or at least love in the context of um, like the ancient ancient Roman culture. That's actually interesting. Because I was... That... that they don't even have a romantic love. They have erot- erotic love. Yeah. So which they, is kind of different than what I'm talking about. They would have phileo, which is friendship love. Yeah. And then there's eros, which is erotic love. Right. Then there's storge, which is that one love. I've never heard that one. Yeah, storge. Storge is... I think it's Carol. I think you made that up. No. I'm just kidding. Did not make it up. 
S-T-O-R-G-E. And the E has like one of those things above it. Oh, I don't remember that one. Yeah, Storge. Huh. And then there's Agape. Yeah. Which is God love. That's Sacrificial love, right? Or is that different? I actually would expand it more than that and say it is only... Godly is sacrificial. It's only the love of God, from God. Oh, okay. And I don't think it... Again, I personally take the view that um, we've seen great examples of agape love. It's almost like we can have agape love moments. Yeah. yeah, But we're not necessarily going to be able to live out. One of the biggest themes throughout, I mean, since... For centuries, poets. Poets would write about the classic narrative theme. There's the bad guy or the bad predicament or whatever. There's the good guy or the central figure that's the loved one. And then there's um, either, you know, a middle part, whatever that is. Like that... The good guy, good girls going on an adventure and mm-hmm. whatever, and whatever is evil or bad is coming to stop that mission. Mm-hmm. Whether it's someone falling in love or someone taking a kingdom or whatever, whatever. That has always just been the theme for, like, the main theme for movies, for books, for poems, um, etc. But within that, similar to love, what humans have always been motivated by is sacrifice. Someone sacrificing themselves on behalf of another. Uh-huh. And that in and of itself is like God wooing people to agape. Mm-hmm. His agape love. Yeah, yeah. Like a glimpse of it. It's a glimpse of it. But here's my thing. Wait, 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 wait. Are you not done? Okay, go ahead. <laughs> you can say anything, and then maybe I'll interrupt. <laughs> I I was thinking about it, and I don't think that I don't think romantic love is really even a thing. Oh my gosh, dude, you're crazy. So here's... Do you know what I'm saying? So You don't know what I'm saying. I do know what you're saying. You don't think you know what no, I'm no, saying. No, 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 I do know what you're saying. And I would disagree because the wrong assumption of Eros love... I'm not talking about that, but you can go ahead. The wrong assumption for Eros love was to view it through the perspective of a non-God-fearing... Greek, Roman, where it was erotic love was just sex. Mm-hmm. Like human, humanistic sex. Animalistic, not humanistic. Animalistic sex. Oh, I is just, that humanistic? I think that works. Well, <laughs> you know, I mean, I think there's a separation, but sure. Uh, there's also, I can see how you say it works. But there's that animalistic thing where it's like, you know, sex doesn't mean anything. It's just... Blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. But the redemption of erotic love is that intimate love. It's the intimate knowing. And that is where I think within that intimate, that intimacy, there's that romantic love. I 
guess I can like sort of see that, but I think it's. I think my point more is that like <laughs> there's really only friendship. Like really, there's really only friendship love, and it's that your spouse is someone you have. So this we, is really good. I, I so like we have. Well, we have. I think we have erotic love, or we have whatever we have. Like at the beginning of a relationship, where it's like you are pulled toward that person sexually because so many reasons hormonal and all these things like your bodies are just like i want to claim you and keep you um and that's real that's like physical mental all the things right where it's just like i want to be one with you like um i think that that happens and that's real and that does bond us but i think the the main point is friendship. And the main point in all of our relationships is friendship. I mean, the main point with friends is friendship, right? But the main point with our spouse is also friendship. I think really friendship is really the only type of love. It's just that the other things happen almost as like little gateways to that. Like, okay, that that erotic love was a gateway to that friendship. Mm that long-term friendship yeah and then that friendship deepens and deepens and all that stuff and it's like you have experienced all these different moments of erotic love and you have these moments of sacrificial love and you have these moments of all these other loves but like the main love is always friendship and that's the steady always love yeah. And and I just think for me that makes sense and maybe someone else like that doesn't make sense to them because they just don't they don't feel the same way as I do in my my body and in my brain but like to me the way I'm relating to you most of the time is as like a friend. Um and then it's like romantic. You just literally friend leveled me. I friend I'm friend zoning you right you now. You literally in our podcast in the public. <laughs> well to people me people are alarmed right now. I don't know. Maybe They're it's because... Like, poor Joey. He's maybe, just been friends. Maybe it's because I'm so like... My brain is just no, weir- I'm weird I'm literally and cl- smiling a couple minutes ago. <laughs> because you have no... You just by your family. Like your, your upbringing and your house that you grew up in. There is no... There, is, there was no room for romance. You as an individual aren't very romantic. And so it's hard for you to see romance fit into or be a part of something that is love because you just, as an individual, aren't very romantic. Hmm. And that's fine. I think for you, what you value is friend zoning your freaking husband, dude. Well, I don't, yeah, I don't know. And then every once in a while, you're just like so worked up by Eros that their 25% kicks in. Yeah. But to me, it's like so. But that's alarming to me. That's such a. Because I'm not going to share Eros with 
friends. No, 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 no. That's not. That's not what I mean. And I know that's not. What I you're think meaning. that it's very. But like, I'm just saying, like you just friend zone me, so that's just like. It's like you have a partner, and that partner is the person that you can. Like. Explore and like. You know, like exchange. You can. E. You just don't have to like. Let's alliterate this thing. You don't have to have certain boundaries on your friendship so you can go deeper and more intimate. And then that, that obviously will lead to like a deep place of physical connection. Yeah. But I just don't think of it as like, it's, it's not really its own thing to me. It's like, it's still friendship in my, in my brain. That's how I'm like categorizing it. It's like, well, you're still like just really good friends, but you're like, caught up in eros and then you go back to friendship like, <laughs> i don't know that's how i feel <laughs> after the deed is done just go back to being friends here i am laying. maybe that's just me and like that's but that's how my brain like it maybe my brain is like very clinical about things in the you way are. and it's very just like you and, I, and off that's and fine. on i don't know and that's that's fine but for you, me you do work that way and also, in your clinicalness, you don't have compartments for certain things that other people might feel huh. or value. Like, one of the things I valued early in our relationship was lovey-dovey things. And that was hard for you. Huh. I used to be rom- more romantic, but you've exhausted all of my romance in me. And now I've just like have been friend zoned and accepted the friend zone. I can't think of something. I can't think of an example of something romantic. I can think of something right now. Okay. Like to me, writing the Valentine's Day cards is romance. But that's what I'm saying. To me, that's friendship. But it's not friendship because I wouldn't be sharing things that I shared in that card to you that I would share with another friend. I'm exercising. But that's just because of the deepness of our friendship. I don't think so. (laughs) I don't think there's like. That's how I feel is that it's just like a depth thing. Right. And that's. Because I wrote cards to my kids that to me were very deep. You mean our kids. Did I say our kids? You said my kids. Did I say my kids? Yeah, you said my kids. Well, I just meant like more to to the listener. I'm sitting right next to you, bro. No, I meant it like to the listener. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I wrote like a love note to my kids, and that was as intimate. Can you hear me that? In a sense, as the note I wrote to you. Hmm. Um, And I would write it to a good friend too if I felt like I wanted to like affirm them or something. But Hmm. like, but the level of our friendship is so much deeper and so much more intimate than any friend I've ever had. So it's very, 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 very special. Um, but it's like, that's just how, I guess that's how I view romance is just like, listen that, to this. That's just a deeper level of friendship. Erotic, erotic love focuses on sexual discovery and romance focuses on the love story. 
Hmm. Yeah, and I mean, we have a good love story. But... And that's... Yeah. I So those who are typically hopeless... Uh, <laughs> like, hopeless romantics, they love the romance of love. I think in order to believe in romance, you do have to believe in not only love story, but soulmates. Because... Otherwise, I think if you don't believe in soulmates, how do you believe in romance? Exactly. Because the, the fairy, story is cause all... the fairy tale right. of romance is that perceived soulmate. It's like, you are my person and I've found you and this is our story. Which is what, you know, that's a, cl- that's a classic storyline right. throughout humanity. But if you have any kind of perception of like well maybe it's sort of just that we get along really really good and we are really great for each other but it's not necessarily like a soulmate situation that's when i think you start to pull back from romance and going into being like we're in a deep level of friendship like (laughs) i i feel like that switches it because romance has to have sort of a a make-believe aspect to it. And not make-believe as in fake, but just sort of like a... a like... Yeah, like, you're the one that I've always been searching for. It brings the emotion side to it. And I do believe that about you, though. But I kind of believe both, so I'm trying to, like... What are you saying? I don't know. (laughs) Walk me through this. I don't know. You, you kind of believe both. So what does that mean? Well, that's what's hard for me right now is I'm trying to figure out what that means. Because if I'm not tracking, I wonder. I'm sure there are other list are some listeners that are really tracking. No, I just I'm trying to now. I'm trying to weigh those two things. Um, You're trying to weigh the two things. Weigh the two like the the story versus the. Uh-huh. But I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you can have a story and still. I just, I really like the idea that friendship is really all there is. I like that idea. I like that concept. I kind of want to hold on to that concept. That's a cool concept. Because all those other things, they do enhance a friendship, right? Or like they deepen an in intimacy. But really, it's like friendship is really all there is. And that's why it's so important in my opinion, that this is why it's like it's so important that the person that you're with is your friend, mm. because it really is a friendship. Like if you're not their friend, those feelings of the magnetic love, the eros love, those aren't temporary. That's not. That's not the bulk. The bulk is friendship. That's what stays forever. And the other things do come and go. It's not like they leave forever. But they just come and go. They're just here and there. But the bulk is friendship. If you don't have that, what do you have? Like, you don't... Like, if you don't have friendship, you don't have... You have Eros eros love sometimes. And that's what you have. If you don't have friendship. Yeah. And that's, like, really hard if that's all you have. I like that concept. And I think... 
I think that if that's something that you want to hold on to, that's great. <laughs> but I hate being in the friend zone. I'm just going to be honest with you. For real? Well, I don't want to be a friend zone. Like, I want to be... But you're my bestie. We are besties. I still remember. I don't remember what year. But I remember where we were more romance and eros than we were friends. That was in, like, the first few years. Yes. First couple years. And I... You've always just been really blunt with me as a person because mm-hmm. I can handle it, but mm-hmm. also to get across, mm-hmm. get through to me, it requires that upfront bluntness. Mm-hmm. Will you stop laughing and looking <laughs> like that? I'm just remembering the things I said to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All the things. <laughs> and I appreciate it because... As an individual, I love the, like, call out from the coach being like, do this. Let's do this. Here's how you can improve. Here. I, like, I as an individual, like that. Anyways, that's not the point. I remember when our, our early, in our early marriage time, this is honest. I think it was year, I think it was year three. Now that I'm actually thinking about it, I think it was year three or four. It was either three or four. I would put a lot of money on it. And (laughs) (laughs) I remember you rolled over one time in the morning. And we had just woken up. And you you turned to me and you said, I wish we, I wish, I wish you were a better friend to me. I'm like, bro, I just woke up. Let me wake up. Yeah. I wish we were better friends. And then you, you or you said something like, I don't feel like you're my friend. Mm-hmm. And I, and I want to grow as friends. Mm-hmm. So I had to, um, I remember during that entire next year, I flipped a switch in me being like, grow in friendship, grow in friendship, grow in friendship. And then a few years go by, then you're like, I don't feel like we're lovers anymore. So I'm like, fudge, you just said like work on friendship. (laughs) So I'm like, flip the switch and I work on becoming lovers. But it's just interesting. (laughs) It's interesting because I think being married to you for as long as we have now, you really do value friendship. And that's probably why Hmm. in this stage of our marriage being healthy and happy that you are able to put those proportions as like 75% is friends, 25% is like eros, erotic. Mm -hmm. And that feels balanced to you. And I think that does feel... I think it does feel balanced to me as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one thing that I would, a, a sliver that I would put in there is like 10%. To me, it, it feels like there's romance. Because we love to go on dates. And we love to have like our kids go to my mom for Nana weekends. And mm-hmm. in those like Nana weekends, we're not only erotic, but we are uh, romantic. I just don't see the difference. 
I, I know you explained it. But I just don't, I don't see the difference between romantic and friendship, even in those examples. But yeah. Hmm. But I mean, you just see it that way. But like when we go on a date, I see that as as something you do with your with your partner, with whoever you're with. That's something you do with them. But in the moment, not the concept of a date, but actually living in that moment, I feel it's a friendship. We're talking, we're eating, we're laughing. That's a friendship to me. Yeah. So that's where, like, to me... I mean, I can keep continuing to try to convince (laughs) you, but I'm not... No, no, no. I'm not trying to, like, get you to say that my side's right. I'm just explaining my perspective. Yeah, yeah. That it still feels that way. But, yeah, that's... That's my thought about that. It's interesting. It's really interesting. And I totally agree to your main point. Like one level of advice for Mm. dating, for people looking for Mm -hmm. someone, um, is to look for a friend. Mm -hmm. To look for a friend. Someone that they will always have deep friendship with. Mm Mm-hmm. And to have and to keep that thing primary, because mm-hmm. I love what you said. Like the the constant in partnerships, mm-hmm. marriages will be friendship. Mm-hmm. And that's just ebbs and flows. It's ebbs and flows. It's ebbs and flows, and it's actually healthy that it's that way. Mm-hmm. Because there are times when, like our marriage, we were, like, our Eros was, man, we were in the gym every single day working out that Eros. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Hitting the weights, dude. <laughs> Getting those gains, bro. <laughs> Totally swole with the Eros. Uh-huh. Yes. We totally were. And then there were other seasons where, uh, you know, different dynamics, but like I was very sick for a long time and yeah. our Eros was deflated. Yeah. It was bad. Yeah. But we had our friendship. Yeah. Um. And I think that it's actually fine that way. I actually think it's healthy because it allows us as humans to evolve, Mm -hmm. to grow, to get Mm -hmm. better. Mm -hmm. And part of getting better will be us grieving things. And when we grieve things, part of grieving things is going to be grieving our past. Mm -hmm. Not, I would say, the majority of us don't have a a happy past with sex mm-hmm. with eros mm-hmm. whether it's addiction whether it's you know a lie or a false projection of sex mm-hmm. and that not being like 
reality mm-hmm. that can be something hard to grasp and be okay with or um you know whatever the thing is i think it's actually really healthy in seasons for people to um to grieve to grow but to allow your friendship to sustain the two of you and to continue to grow deeper mm-hmm. like one our correct me if i'm wrong but i remember when our season of sexual intimacy mm-hmm. as partners as husband and wife was lacking in those years of like when my health was really bad and our kids health was really bad and your health was really bad mm-hmm. it was just all around actually our friendship still grew deeper and i think that's the illusion that people have is our our romance and friendship or whatever you want to call it cannot grow deeper unless we're having good sex mm-hmm. or this and that and that's like that's a myth that's a lie mm-hmm. so i think that's one piece of data and advice with b find a friend mm-hmm. and um to grow in friendship and keep that at the forefront mm-hmm. of your your relationship i also think that it's a false expectation I've been hearing this more that I want to marry my best friend. Mhm. Well, yeah, I mean that's that's funny because you should you should find like you're saying you should find a friend, but at the same time you you may not be their greatest friend for a long long time. Like Ever. like we weren't like we weren't friends we weren't really friends to a to a degree for a while, um, and that's why when we were like two years in, I was like, honestly, if we weren't in love, we wouldn't be friends. Like we just wouldn't because we don't get along about a lot of stuff. Like we don't really like the same kind of things. Mm-hmm. And we don't like doing the same stuff. Yep. And so now we are though. Now we are friends. Like we have the deep friendship. Um, so both can be true. It's like, it's like find a friend, but then also like understand that they're not going to be always like, uh, an amazing friend. Oh, I would say don't <laughs> right away. <laughs> I would say this. Don't have the best friend be the thing to stop you from committing yourself yeah like that's just unrealistic yeah you can become friends over over time i would say find a friend who's just as committed to you as you are to them yeah yeah that's 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 what i would say and then as you're committed you're gonna grow in all of those things yeah whatever things are lacking or whatever because um, you both have the same commitment to each other. That's the thing with with you and I was like we never had a problem with commitment. <laughs> we never had a problem with commitment. <laughs> we were a month in 
and I sent you a phone. Sent me a phone, <laughs> and then two months in, um, it was March, I believe. January, February, March. Yeah, three months in. You said you wanted to marry me. I said I wanted to marry you too. And then at six or seven months in. Seven months. Seven months in, we got engaged. Mm-hmm. And um, I never felt like I shouldn't marry. Like I shouldn't marry you. Or like I was scared to marry you. Mm-hmm. Never felt like that. I had zero doubt. Yeah, and because to to me it was like I I don't think that I should have necessarily felt that way, but I like it's not like it's not like it's a hundred percent good to to just jump in that fast, but like I just didn't I didn't have fear, and I didn't have. Um, I didn't have a, I had the same expectation as you, that we were committing. It's a key and, I, and so I met, like, we, we just met each other, and we both happened to, like, we both had the same goals in life. Like, we both had the same, like, expectation of marriage, or the same expectation of just romance. <laughs> And, um, and that commitment piece of being like, yeah, like this is what we're doing and we're like, we're not, we're just jumping in. We both were committed. Like that's what made it so easy. Um, and that's not, that's hard to find. Like that's hard if, if someone else is not on the level that you are. Yeah. Um, then someone's being convinced or just like right or like cold feet like not wanting to like mm. commit like da 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 like that whole thing like that is really hard and um yeah yeah Joey and I are the worst people for advice on that because we didn't deal with that but but this concept of just like finding someone with a similar commitment level and that you can have a friendship with in general not necessarily like the most perfect friendship or the deepest friendship right off the bat but like a friendship and they have a commitment level that matches yours i think that's like that's kind of the key for it to being easy that doesn't always have to be easy right you can go the hard route (laughs) that's true but that's the key for it to being like easier right right Absolutely. I was thinking about it earlier, actually, today. It's really funny that we're talking about this. But something I was thinking about earlier was how you and I just jumped in Mm -hmm. and had no hesitation. And why was it that way? Mm -hmm. And what what is it that... uh, we're still together mm-hmm. or actually, you know, I'll speak for myself. I'm happier than ever. Wouldn't change a lot of things. Um, I think there's small things that you and I can grow on, but I honestly wouldn't change any big thing. Mm-hmm. Like I'm so 
grateful, content, happy. But one thing that I feel like was a key for you and I to be at the place to where we were able to jump in and find mutuality in our commitment, mutuality in our friendship, all of those things was each of us loved ourselves really well. Yeah. Like you had a self-love that was health healthy. Mm-hmm. And I had a self-love that was healthy. Yeah. Um, none of us were narcissists. Uh, like we didn't have a narcissistic tendency in our self-love where we were like self-consumed. And, you know, like... I wanted you to fit into my life or you wanted me to fit in your life and be sort of like this trophy trophy boyfriend or trophy girlfriend, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Like both of us as individuals were on the healthier side of things. Hmm. And that was a large part of... Uh, that, that's a large reason why we have the relationship we have today. And I think it's so important that people stop repeating the cycle of looking for love and ignoring their own state of self-love. Mm-hmm. If, there's, if, if people are looking for love to fill the hole that only they themselves can fill by learning to love themselves, mm-hmm. um, it's going to be this cycle of trauma and disappointment mm-hmm. and heartache. And that's actually not the purpose of love. Yeah. And I think people sometimes don't know what self-love like is, kind of. Hmm. Um, and you don't have to be perfect at it. I was just going to say that. But it's just like, for me, I think it's more of knowing that you you deserve like you deserve love that's good so like simply as that self-love is believing that you deserve love Hmm. because if you can't believe that wow then you're not going to be able to be with someone in a healthy way now i believed that i deserve love just because my my upbringing my you know whatever like i had a healthy concept of that but I didn't think I was like um, perfect or like that. Like I like I didn't have a self love. Like oh my gosh, I'm so like like I'm so like lovable, you know, or something. Like it was there was fractured parts of me that were still very much like insecure, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, very very insecure in a lot of ways. So that's not what you don't have to be like not insecure in. It. That's not what that means. Mm. Like self-love doesn't mean you're not insecure. You think you're, you know, like you have perfect body positivity. You have perfect, like everything. That's not what self-love necessarily means. Like those are all parts of it. But the main thing I think is just like knowing that you deserve love. And that feels like weird to say in a way because it's like, well, I don't for some a lot of people it's like i don't deserve anything you know but but you have to believe that 
Yeah. You kind of have to believe that in order to, to have someone, um, to know that you have the right to have someone, a partner who treats you well. Wow. Because otherwise you're going to have a partner and who they treat you crappy and you're like, well, that's the way it is, you know? It's the cards I got dealt. But you have to believe that you don't deserve that. Right. And that's, some people don't, they're not there. That's so cool. But like, I know when we were first together, you healed so many things in me that were insecure so that's why i'm bringing it up because it's like it's not like i was already like perfectly self-loved i had so many broken things and insecure things and you were like things like that you would say to me like oh you're beautiful like da 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 like that would like that shaped my brain because i like there were so many things you would say to me that I'm like, I never heard anyone like speak to me the way that you're speaking to me and love me that way. Dang, go Joey. And I remember at that time it being life changing. Wow. Whereas now that's just the way I live. Mm. So I do remember being that like 18 year old girl who like didn't think I was anything. Wow. Like, so I was very insecure, but I did believe I deserved love. So there was that that side of the coin. I love that. Yeah. It's so good. Because I'm sure you were similar. Like, you weren't, you were insecure. Yeah. I had my insecurities. So it's not like your self-love was, like, that epic in that sense. Like, you still right. had, you still had that broken piece. I think self-love i would echo everything you just said like so 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 good i think a dynamic that i had an awareness of of self-love back then um was i had something to offer hmm. i think a self-love hmm. yeah 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 is self-love is not only receiving the affirmation of mm -hmm. others but believing you believing that you are a person that has something to offer someone else yeah yeah that's true um that way you're not playing the uh the victim role yeah you're not playing what is that called uh, i don't know but if you you deserve love but you also you have something have to love to give like yeah. you have something to give yeah that's cool yeah and i i had an awareness i actually was hungry like I had a great desire to love someone so deeply yeah I felt I had that ability in me mm -hmm. um, so for you to say what you just said of like it healed so much of in you is because I in my own capacity of self-love I knew was very aware that I um, was more than willing to extend what I knew I had to offer mm-hmm of course aware that i lacked things mm -hmm. and then you know the more we had the, the longer our relationship went on i was definitely more aware of them. like man there's so many things that i could grow in as a person that i can get better at at loving you mm -hmm. but my self-love never changed because i believed i had something to offer mm -hmm. 
And I think I think you really believe that you deserve love too. Hundred percent. That that I would, yeah. You can tell. I think when someone believes that. Yeah. And you, I could tell that you believe that. I love what you said about self love. I've never thought about this before. You didn't say this word, but there's a level of accountability and self love. Hmm. It's really beautiful. In other words you won't take people's crap because you're going to hold people accountable Mm -hmm. for the level of worth that you know you have in your self-love. Right. And that's accountability. You're holding people to the integrity Mm -hmm. that you know of your self-love. That's why I kind of like when our kids, they'll be like, you can't talk to me like that, dad. (laughs) You know? Or they'll be like, mom. Like, you're being mean, you know? And most of the time, they're right. It's like, yeah, you're right. But they have that value. They're like, I, I don't deserve to be treated like that. Mm. So, I, I always think that's pretty cool when they do yeah. that. Yeah. Even though it's annoying. <laughs> yeah. Stops us right in the tracks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. You right. <laughs> you right. Yeah, I would say that's huge. Find a friend. Find a friend who is equally committed. Mm-hmm. One thing that I love right now in our space of marriage and our relationship is... Um, the, the freedom that you and I have to like develop as individuals. Mm-hmm. I think it's really key also is like that's something that's going to be fluid. There's yeah. going to be seasons where it's not about you as an individual so much because marriage is so intense. Mm-hmm. Like someone was a stranger and for yeah. us it was like two years later we were married and living next to each other like that's kind of crazy yeah to think about like someone oh, yeah. is a complete stranger and then oh f- yeah i thought about that a lot of times <laughs> i remember the day we got back from our honeymoon and we actually slept in our house for the first time I woke up next to you and I was I woke up before you and I walked out into the kitchen. I just stood there and I was like, Where the hell am I? <laughs> I was like, I don't even know this person. Oh my god. Like, this is bizarre. Oh my goodness. Like, like this was a this was a choice. <laughs> <laughs> this was a choice. This was a choice. Wow. But here we are. Yeah. Like, like, that's real talk. So there's that level of, like, someone was a recent stranger. <laughs> yeah. And you're choosing to live every single day with them. Yeah. There's going to be a season in that intense time of them being a stranger where you don't, not, you're, you, you don't necessarily need to lose yourself. Mm-hmm. You're, you don't you don't need to lose your your passion you don't need to like lose your self-love but there is a point to where like 
every good love you need to know when to give and what to give uh, what to restrain and what is it that you're restraining mm -hmm. like there's this tension it, yeah it's just like as humans like I work out a lot and some days I know my body's like you need to take it slow today and mm -hmm. I listen for the most part because I'm getting better at that but then there's other days I feel good and I go hard um, give and take restrain all that stuff and I think that that's a, a a real that's a that's reality when it comes to relationships in the very beginning that there is a season that season is going to be different for every single couple every single mm -hmm. you know every single couple is going to be different but there's a reality to where you grow um, you grow as a couple and you sort of set aside your individual growth mm -hmm. your like self-growth yeah but we're in this season right now which is really cool to where we have like this really deep beautiful relationship that doesn't need a whole lot of like care maintenance Does, maintenance doesn't need a whole lot of maintenance like we're not in crisis mode yeah doesn't yeah. mean we're not going to be in crisis mode in a few years or yeah. 10 years. Um, but we have a really beautiful thing right now to where we've built a really meaningful friendship. Mm -hmm. We've worked really hard on building a meaningful sex life mm -hmm. to where it's mutual, mutually beneficial. Oh, yeah. Not just one-sided. <laughs> <laughs> um and now we're in this space to where we're having the freedom to like grow as individuals again and it's beautiful mm -hmm. i like that earlier in our marriage um our it was sex life was all about me. Mm-hmm. Well, that's I mean that's semi true. It's semi true. Not it actually is not holy. Like, yeah, it's not holy, holy true. true. Yeah, like wh holy true. Yeah. <laughs> um, and because there were times like I genuinely wanted to give. Yeah. Like I wanted to satisfy you sexually. Yeah. Yeah. But you, um, you, you are a hard one to crack, man. <laughs> that was a code that I just like. If I was stuffed in a room and given an hour, and then I escape would escape room. Yeah, bro. If it was an escape room, I would fail. I failed for years. It was like a Rubik's cube. Was it worse than a Rubik's cube? Oh gosh. <laughs> gosh you're funny and but because I it was so hard to crack for so many reasons I don't know if you want to get into it but for so many reasons um, I think both of us just gave up 
Yeah. Well, we had babies during that time. So we weren't really multitasking in the sense like when we were in... Yeah, what is the sense that you mean? When we were like in survival mode. Oh, yeah. In being a mom and dad, like we weren't also like, hey, let's figure out our sexuality Mm. and take you know this time to figure we were just kind of like eh, whatever like we couldn't figure out both at once Mm. because the kids are so um high demand Mm. so once there was a break in that i feel like we finally were able to like focus on it Mm. which is super common like so many couples go through that right where they have like they have issues but they can't really spend time and work them out and because they're in the middle of caring for infants or whatever. And especially when you're a young Christian couple who has babies right away. <laughs> yep. Good Lord. <laughs> Gotta have all the babies right away. So we 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 took that path. I would have gotten snipped way earlier. Yeah, we took that path and um, <laughs> it was what it was, you know, but like once we were able to be out of survival mode, like we were able to figure out what was the problem. And like, like you said, there's so many um, health issues that weren't a part of it. Um, But yeah, Hmm. I don't remember what we were talking about. The point of that. What would you say to someone who... was deeply madly in love with someone but they feel like their love has gone cold or to use the language like they're falling out of love with that person yeah i mean i fell out of love with you a couple times rude <laughs> and um First time I've heard this. <laughs> no, it's, no, I it's, know, I'm no, it's not. I um, and in those moments, I always would just like look back at the things that I knew. So like, wow, our moments when we, when it felt like God, like spoke words to us told us like what we were going to be um doing like church planning in seattle or like whatever like the moments that we were brought together as a couple and like fell in love and like the things that we um saw in each other i would always look back on those markers and then i would just remember like that's true like Mm. those things are true and so that this moment is, it has to be something that passes. Wow. So I think like you have to have like a strong foundation with the person that like when those times come, it's like, you know, that, that they're not worse than like, they're not stronger than the foundation. They're, they, they, that those pieces can that those pieces will like be put put back together mm. you know um 
because even though like I felt like I in a sense was fallen out of love with you or like it was cold and it was there was nothing there for a, a while um I just like had to trust that it was temporary that that our um those alter moments were deeply real and then um the season would pass and there would be a mountain again there would be a high again there would be a there would be a mountaintop again you know and there always was eventually so it's really good I think that you have to it's good to have those things to hang on to um that's really good I would say to someone like that or just couples in general but especially couples who feel in that space get a therapist yeah for sure um, invest in it yeah for budget sure. that money if anyone has excuses about therapy it would be us um being church planters in a very expensive city oh excuses to not be able to afford it yes got it, right. got it, Expe- got it. to not afford therapy sorry i should have been more clear on that got it if anyone's in excuses not to take therapy because or for you know pay for it like we would be in that category of people who would have an excuse but we um we deeply value it and we budget it and make a way for that and therapy is not um therapy is not cheap at all but in the time that we've done it it has been so rewarding and we had a session today yeah and in the session today it was the first time i felt on the like internally i felt you know we're not coming from a place of unhealth mm. today was the first time where we were coming healthy yeah and i still in that moment of processing while you were talking with our therapist i was like i'm so thankful that we have these times mm-hmm. even in this place of health Mm-hmm. Like, it's good to process the fight that we had a couple of days ago and mm-hmm. to hear what our therapist would have to say about that in regards to the two of us. And I would say find a therapist. And to be very, very blunt, not a pastor. Mm-hmm. Don't find a pastor. Pastors are great. But unless that pa- unless that pastor is a licensed therapist, then don't go to the pastor because yeah. the pastor find a pastor and a therapist. Mm-hmm. If you really want the dynamic of a pastor in your life to weigh in on your relationship and the love that's gone cold, find both. Yeah, 
I actually think it's healthy to even add an addition to that of like some marriage, like you have a coach, like a couple, it's yeah. a coach. Yeah. Have as yeah. many dynamics, resources to be helpful. Yeah. But just to be really blunt and to clear any cobwebs, a pastor is not a therapist. Yeah. And pastors who are not therapists or any Christian Jesus person who is not a therapist should not be playing the role of therapist. Mm -hmm. It's so dangerous. Mm -hmm. It's so dangerous. Yeah. Um, actually could leave the person way, way worse off than they came in. Yeah. Um, that doesn't mean, you know, as friends and whatnot, we don't offer valuable advice that could be potentially life-changing. Whatever. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is we've got to get outside of this, like, mindset that, pastor is equivalent to a therapist they just aren't mm -hmm. unless they are bivocational and they're also you know have a career as a licensed therapist then sure that's great right i'm not even sure if our therapist is a jesus person yeah i have no idea i have no idea i've always heard in light of therapists to get a christian therapist i want to call bs on that our therapist has not um, brought in any weird things, hasn't suggested any weird things. He has literally been just a like godsend of a resource mm -hmm. to just you and I. Mm -hmm. Like a person who just sits with us, hears us, asks a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. As his thing, his perspective, what you know, yeah, it's like someone who sits with you and um, unpacks, you know, unpacks the box with you, mm. and then they like help you process what's in there and be like, What's this? And you're like, oh, yeah, those are the scissors that I couldn't find, you know. And then they're like, okay, <laughs> we should put them over here, <laughs> you know. But it's just like they're just unpacking the box with you. And, like, it really doesn't. It really doesn't. There's never a time where it's kind of like, man, I wish he had a Christian perspective. Or he had a. I've never thought that. I've never thought like, oh, I wish he would illuminate this. Like, I wish it would be able to be illuminated like in light of scripture or God. Because it just didn't, It that's just not the process that it is, at least in, in our context and in what we're doing. Like, yeah. Um, maybe there are times when that makes sense for people, but for this, for us, um, it just hasn't been something that I'm like, oh man, this needs to be like put in a Christian perspective. It just hasn't. Never it's has. It's practical. It's more just like very, it's very practical. And to bring this thing full circle. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. In the same way that like 
Christians when you grew up saying were you know combating that love isn't love yeah unless it's the love of God mm-hmm. our therapy has been you know what we don't know if he's a Jesus person sure. but does it make it any less impactful is because it still, he's not yeah is it still wisdom or is it even yeah wisdom but or is it even used by God to bring us closer yeah. and healing in as a couple as a couple of individuals yeah man i will tell you a couple sessions ago yeah it was our second the session before today probably one of the most impactful moments i've had in 5 years where he just heard us out about our journey with our kids on health. Mm-hmm. And he said, toward the end, I just, like hearing this makes me want to cry. And then he said the words, not the exact words, but saying the words like, um, essentially affirming that we have been parenting kids with high needs yeah he's like i hope you know like how hard this is and what you're doing and he said in all of his years of therapy he's not met another couple who's had to navigate as much as we've had Mm -hmm. with kids and that i didn't I didn't like that was not impactful because oh look at us we're special mm-hmm. it's impactful because someone someone affirmed mm-hmm. someone affirmed the trouble and the hardship mm-hmm. that we've had and they understood like they mm-hmm. sat in it with yeah. us yeah he just sat in it with us and he understood mm-hmm. and he affirmed that this is not normal. Yeah. And that was just, it still makes me want to like cry because I'm like, man, I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. And we've tried to get people to understand and they didn't. Yeah. Yeah. And just to have like compassion on your ourselves is kind of too he's like yes like it's not about it's not necessarily about like people feeling sorry for me or whatever but it's more like if someone tells me like what you're doing is super hard and you've been doing it for a long time it helps me realize like i'm way too hard on myself you know or like Mm. i'm like like just in all the ways it's like wow we we're going through a lot and we need to be compassionate on ourselves right so that that to me was what was so helpful too yeah that perspective and that's just a great example of how like someone as a therapist came in and they were able to speak to our love, mm-hmm. speak to our marriage, our relationship. Mm-hmm. 
It's so good. Well, yeah. happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Hey. I hope you, if you have someone, um, you have tell them how much you love them. Kiss them. Kiss them. <laughs> All that stuff. Mm -hmm. If you don't have someone, I hope that you know you're loved mm. a whole lot and you deserve to be loved. Yeah. And you're a person that has a lot to offer. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe you don't feel like it and maybe that's not even the reality, but you do. You do have <laughs> something to offer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we love you guys. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. <laughs> and in the words of Hannah, pants that comment section. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Be sure to make sure you pants it hard, man. Yeah. But leave a comment, share, all that stuff. It would mean a lot to us. And we'll see you at the, at the next couch date. Yeah. See you next time.